I went through menopause on on uh, a ketogenic diet, and I actually didn't go through menopause until like five years later than most women my age. So I think that that is, I think that that points to improved metabolic and hormonal health for me personally. And the other thing is, um, you didn't ask me this question, but just along the health perspective, the majority of the women in my family have had some of their body parts removed, um, either because of hormonal dysregulation or diet uh, and the inability to process fats properly. I'm the only woman in my family with a uterus. I'm the only woman in my family with a gallbladder. I mean, I, I, I feel like that is a testament to my improved health in comparison to my gene pool. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. What is going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, our guest today not only has a health story, and we will dive into that, but she also does something else pretty darn cool. She is the owner of an event called KetoCon, and this is a pretty big thing. It's probably going to be the biggest health event of the year, in our space at least, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Um, But we're talking to her, and so we're not only going to hear what she went through health-wise, we're also going to be learning about the event, how you can attend. It is July 8th through 10th in Austin, Texas at the Palmer Event Center. This is of 2022. Gosh forbid you're somehow listening to this much farther in the future than you should be. Um, Myself will be there. Uh, Reed Davis will be there. Myself will be there. I don't know if that's the right way to say that. I will be there. Reed Davis, the founder of FDN, will be there. Joe Pate will be there. She's someone that does a lot of different things at FDN. Uh, She does all the social media stuff and helps out with the podcast. So pretty cool. We have a whole crew coming down. And then there's always a bunch of people when we have these booths that actually volunteer. So you will meet plenty of people from FDN. Come say hi to us there. Or just check out Reed Speak. I know he's going to be throwing it down. He is one of like 70-something speakers that this event has planned, which is absolutely uh, crazy. So I want to give a little background on Robin really quickly, and then we will talk about the event itself, or rather get into the interview itself. Robin Switzer is an entrepreneur and the owner of Q1 Productions. Her company owns the popular health and wellness event, KetoCon, the science and stories of keto. KetoCon has been bringing the keto slash low carb community together annually since 2017. The three-day event is nonstop motivation and inspiration, learning, networking, sampling, all of the latest innovative products on the market, and enjoying the city of Austin, Texas. I am looking forward to this because (laughs) this is one of those conferences. She said about 70% of the vendors, and there's 125 vendors currently, uh, are food product people. And they vet all of them. They make sure they're actually legitimately keto, which I thought was amazing. This is, you'll hear in the interview, she's very, very passionate about this and takes it very seriously. Um, what I thought was so cool, though, is when I'm working these booths for FDN and doing my thing, you know, typically you got to order food from some other place because the conference might not have food, or if they do, it's not really up to standards. But these are my people here. I love that I can just go grab breakfast and or lunch by walking 10 feet and finding a new product that day. <laughs> so we will hope to see you guys there. For now, here is the interview with Robin Switzer. Hey guys, it is Detective Ev popping in here really quick. I actually wanted to hop on and do this before we start the episode because later in this around, I don't know, 30, 40 minute mark, you will hear me talk about a discount code for FDN. And then I said I would make sure to put it in the beginning of the episode. Well, we have everything that you need to know in the description of this podcast. It is going to be be a code that you can apply at checkout. It is FDN50, and if you need any more details on that, check the description. All right, here's the episode. All right, hey there, Robin, how are you? Good morning. 
I'm glad to be here with you. Thanks for hopping on. I know things are probably getting pretty darn busy uh, with the <laughs> event coming up in just, I mean, less than two months now. I'm super excited to be talking to you, not only to learn about maybe some of the health stuff that you went through, uh, but just because I'll be at the event myself. So if you guys don't know, we have the KetoCon thing coming up, just in case you're someone who skips through intros, okay? Uh, that's going to be in early July, July 8th, 9th, and 10th, correct? That's correct. Cool. Um, so myself will be there. FDN as a whole will be there. Uh, Joe Pate will be there. And Reed Davis, I believe, is speaking, uh, founder of FDN. So uh, we got a whole crew there. Come say hi to us. Come check out the booth or one of Reed's talks. Um, but for today, before we get started with the or talking about the KetoCon thing and the event, what inspired that? Because that's a, my gosh, the older I'm getting and the more I get into this space, I realize just the amount of effort that it takes to host these kinds of events, especially when mm. we're talking multiple thousands of people. It's hard enough to put on one that does a couple hundred, let alone uh, the numbers that something like KetoCon does. So we'll talk about that soon. But I want to start off the same way that we always do on this show um, by just asking you, what did your health symptoms look like and when did they start for a Robin? Well, um, I have a long sordid uh, health history. So uh, I am I am truly the... Uh, perfect example of your crisis becomes your calling. So um, I experienced from a very, very young age, uh, I had issues with food addiction, I had issues with sugar addiction. And uh, I came from an environment where my family used food to celebrate, to soothe, to entertain. It was just part of the culture that I grew up in. So I was naturally, I just kind of naturally fell into my environment. And I, I, I can't say that if I hadn't been in that environment that I wouldn't have had the issues, but regardless, I did. And through my uh, preteen, early teen, young adulthood, I struggled with hormonal dysregulation. I struggled with maintaining a healthy weight. I struggled with depression. and. Uh, it just continued, you know, when you start off your life like that, it just kind of, you're kind of on a, a path to trouble. <laughs> this is the best way I can put it. So throughout my life, because of all of this, I had uh, an obsession really with all of the things that were going on, all the symptoms I had, why I felt so different than everyone else, than, than what I perceived as everyone else's experience. So um, that really became harshly apparent for me when I was in my like early teens. So I felt the physical effects of the hormonal dysregulation coupled with turning into a teenager. And I always felt uh, this heaviness, like a bloated feeling, regardless of what I ate, it was always there. And the only time it wasn't there is when I stopped eating. So I got into that cyclical dieting um, habit that a lot of young women fall into, a lot of young people fall into. And I found that I really had to go to extremes to maintain my weight and also to feel better. And it didn't occur to me until I was in my probably mid 20s that the only time I really felt well was when I wasn't eating. <laughs> so there, to me, it, I always knew that there was a connection between my health and the food. I just didn't understand how it all tied together. And when I was in my thirties, I discovered, uh, I discovered Atkins and low carb and Lewis Cordain and the paleo movement. And so I started like down that path where trying to un utilize all of these different protocols to see if I could address my, my symptoms. And it wasn't until I got really strict with low carb um, that I did see a difference. So I, I finally had control over my appetite over, I, I didn't feel starving and hungry and, and that anxious feeling, you know, that uh, you get when you're overly hungry or when you have issues with blood sugar dysregulation. So the puzzle pieces started fitting together for me at that point. And I lived that way for years, kind of in and out of that lifestyle. And in the early 2020s, I got, uh, it became more of how I lived. And then I stumbled across uh, the ketogenic diet in like probably 2013 or 2014. 
And that's when I started to really see a difference because the higher, the higher content of healthy fats where I had the mental capacity to do everything I wanted to do. And uh, I was in a Facebook group that was looking for, uh, it was a ketogenic Facebook group. And I, the, I saw a post for a, a program manager. And at the time I was working for a global bank in financial services and I was managing a team of people. So I was traveling a lot. And I still had this underlying interest in fitness and wellness. And when I saw that, that post pop up in the Facebook group, I was like, you know, I, I probably don't have the skill set to get to do this job, but I'm what the heck, I'm going to talk to the guy anyway. And one thing led to another. And a few months later, I left my corporate career, jumped ship and started working for an organization called Keto Evangelist, which was owned by Brian Williamson. And we just kind of embarked on the path of building a keto. What we wanted to do was build a keto empire because we both had success in, in that area in our lives, addressing our health issues. And um, so we started with, let's build, let's build an event because we have these hundreds of thousands of people in these Facebook groups and they all thrive on community. And that's one that's been underlying theme of all of this all along is community. And so we decided we would do an event in Austin because that's where Brian's based. And we did the first KetoCon in 2017. And meanwhile, we're building other brands underneath that uh, umbrella of Keto Evangelist. And uh, the first one was such a success that we decided to do it again in 2018 and 2019. And then 2020 happened. And um, we were dead in the waters. It was, there was nothing we could do. And the whole entire business at that point had been pretty negatively impacted. And Brian had college kids and a family to support. And he said to me, you know, I, I, I have to move on. I can't, I can't sustain this. I can't, we can't build anymore. There's just, we've been hit too hard. And I am, uh, if anything, or if nothing, I'm very stubborn. And I had left this super lucrative career in banking and I wasn't ready to give up yet. So, and I just felt like we hadn't, I felt like there was so much more to do. There's so much more work to do. And I was in a position where I could say, you know what? I don't want to let go. Can we figure something out where I can keep this going? So we, we came up with an agreement. I acquired the company and I started from ground zero again. I rebranded Keto Evangelist. So the new company is Q1 Productions. And under that umbrella falls all of the other business lines that we had started to build under Keto Evangelist. And one of them, of course, is KetoCon. So now I own that event and we've just been waiting for the opportunity to come back. So, I mean, behind the scenes, we're still all human beings that have struggled with health issues, weight issues, all kinds of hurdles. Um, and we all still thrive on community. So here we are, 2022, getting ready to do our next live event, which we haven't done since 2019. So that was a wow. very long way of me telling you my health story, where I started and why I'm, why I'm still here. Hey, well, that's okay. It gives me quite a few things to work with. And I am going <laughs> to rewind to the health story in a second, but I got to, I mean, we're talking about KetoCon, so I got to bring it up at least to some degree. I think that was very smart what you guys did, because I know that there was many places that tried to force events in 2021. Um, and you know, some of them were very successful. I mean, Dave Asprey had his biohacking thing, I think even at that year, and it did work out, you know, people mm -hmm. came and that's great. But I think what you're doing from like a consumer perspective is at this perfect time where most people are chilled out. No, none of us want to get sick. No one wants COVID. I don't care how healthy you are. No one goes sure. out and wants it. But it's one of those things now where most people, especially in our space, I think are a little more inclined to go participate in these things. I would go as far as to say some people are just craving them, right? Because yeah. we want to get back out. It's like, all right, a lot of us have had COVID. I had it recently again for like the second time. It was so simple, so small. And I'm not saying that's the case for everyone. I understand that's not. But thankfully for so many of us that have been in this space for a while, doing the keto thing, doing the health stuff, we really were prepared for this in a way that most people just simply weren't. And mm -hmm. I think that's why we're so big on promoting this. It's not just for like COVID. None of us could have predicted that. But 
people don't realize how bad life can stink when we're constantly worried about health challenges or complications. And that's why people like us, I mean, we are diehard passionate about this. Let's do whatever we can to share the message. So right. um, I think that's cool. And I'm, I just love the way that the event became yours over time. Uh, I imagine that's pretty stressful. Not that this is a business podcast per se, but I got to ask, I mean, in the event world, are your like incomes and livelihoods basically just dictated by this one major event each year? Is that how this ends up kind of working? Uh, kind of. Um, right. I mean, there's, there, there's a lot that it does take a year to put, to plan this event. So it does take a lot and I have a very small team. So uh, there's really just a few of us that do this full time. And for, I mean, for my benefit, I mean, I do have other business lines that fall under Q1 Productions that help generate revenue throughout the year. But in the event space, it's uh, there's a lot that goes into producing an event and the majority, like 98% of the expense related to an event happens. All of those bills have to be paid before the event. So it's not like you can pay it uh the day after, after, you know, you have all these uh, same day ticket sales, that's not how it works. So uh, there's some risk involved. And from a business perspective, um, I think that I probably wouldn't recommend to other people to take the path that I did because it was very risky. But uh, I've just, I what happened was, I don't mean to sound kind of flighty, but I'm just going to share with you, honestly, I just Please. kept on think little things kept on happening that were telling me I was on the right path. Like little things that fell into place every couple of months. So, you know, um, the, the venue allowed us to roll over a, a portion of what we had paid on the, the, the actual event to this year. So that helped us keep going. Like my other business lines continued to grow. So little things just kept on happening. I got introduced to people that I didn't know before. So uh, I, I, I've just always known I was on the right path. I think it's uh, pretty cool how that works in life. And that's not um, flighty at all. It's definitely well received on a show like this because so many of us, um, I actually bring this up a lot in the purely health interviews, like where we're only talking about the health journey. The vast majority of people that have come on this show in when you're released by like 100, almost 50 episodes now have said the same thing that they just knew they had some experiences that happened that led them off the path of conventional. The whole reason I am in FDN is because something told me I have no other way of describing it other than that. Something told me that at 21 years old, I should go out to California from Pennsylvania with $1,200 total split between myself and a friend <laughs> to learn from the people who knew more about like natural health out West. And that led to meeting Jen Maleka. You probably have heard of her or met her at some point. Huge person in the FDN world. And she happened to be speaking at a coffee shop and got me connected with Reed Davis. And it just worked out. It's like, well, and now I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you. For right. The company, right. Right. So, of course, it's easier to look back and connect all those dots and say, hey, of course it worked. Right. Uh, but in those moments, I've had those in my life and it's led to some wonderful things where I just I know I'm going on the right thing and it might be tough at that moment. But you just yeah, you feel like you're going the right way. I think that uh, that's just cool. And that's really interesting that it happened and it clearly worked out. I'm, I'm noticing a theme because I love uh, I'm not a huge TV guy, but I love Shark Tank and I'll steal like my <laughs> family's Xfinity to watch Shark Tank. And Kevin O'Leary says that all of his women owned businesses are the ones that do phenomenal. They're the ones mm -hmm. that are highly profitable. They're killing it. He loves buying businesses that are owned by women or investing in it. And I've seen this in the event space. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but you kick butt at this. There was a woman recently, her name's Pam. And she, my gosh, man, she made me shut my mouth because I just did not believe it was so local that she was going to get 200 people to this. She exceeded that. She showed me the picture. She sent me, I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Right. <laughs> and like when you guys right. want to do something, it's just, it's game over. And I think you guys understand something about community and bringing people together that might not be, I don't know, maybe we're not wired in the same way. So I think um, it's exciting to see what you're doing because I obviously know on the back end you are expecting a huge attendance here. That's amazing. That's incredible. And you still have two months to go. And I know for me, like I'm someone, I'm a pretty planned person, but when it comes to conferences, there's so many things that come up in my life that I would normally buy a ticket to this like last second. So the fact that you've done what you've done already is incredible. Um, if you guys haven't gotten something yet, I would consider doing that because you know, <laughs> time's coming up. 
before we get too far ahead, and I don't want to just jump around, but we will come back to KetoCon. I want to just touch on a few things with the health story really quick, because that was a hell of a long time. I mean, I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, was it early 30s before you started trying like the Atkins type of thing? Yeah, it okay, was. So there's, I mean, it yeah. was probably my, more like my late 20s because, um, I mean, I was I was always trying something. So hmm. uh, people laugh when I say this, but it's it, I'm very serious. When I was going through those years, I tried everything. I tried the fruitarian. I tried being a fruitarian. I tried eating raw food. I tried low carb. I tried no fat. I tried high fat. I mean, I... I did it all, including the things that are dangerous. I tried pills. I mean, I've done it all. I'm old enough to know that um, there a lot of that stuff is still being tried by young people. And I've seen people around me, younger people than myself, struggle with the same things, and in many cases, much worse than what I've dealt with. I don't know what kept me going down that path. I just knew that there was, I mean, what other choice do you have? You either keep trying or you give up. And I wasn't willing to give up. Well, you sort of answered my question, which is cool because, and it's, I don't want to, because I know that you don't mean that that literally either. It's not that these people are giving up. They're hopeless though, right? No, no one wants to be sick or overweight, but they just, they don't even see how there's another possibility. And I haven't quite figured that out yet. It just seems to be maybe a personality trait or something where there is just this relentlessness with certain people that they are going to exhaust every single option. And I wasn't always like that. I had this moment at 18 when I got diagnosed with a pretty serious thing. It was, I was told it was incurable. I'm going to need surgery, all that stuff. And it's hard to say that a suicidal thought wouldn't be because of depression, but it really wasn't. My suicidal thought came from, I have been sick my entire life. I like you, I was dealing with health issues at around five, six years old. I didn't even know what it was like to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And then this got stacked on top of it. And I was just kind of like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing this for? Now I got to start working because I'm 18. I, I always worked part time, but like real work, right? Now I got to start working. I got to do all this stuff. This sounds terrible to do while I'm so sick. Like, why am sure. I even here? And that actually motivated me though, Robin, because it made me say this, it gave me this mindset that you clearly have had for a while where I said, well, if I'm going to do something like that, damn, man, I better try everything out there before I make a major decision that I can ever take back that's going to affect my family or something like that. And thank God I did because it really didn't even take that much longer before I found something that kind of worked for me or got the needle moving in the right direction. And then, of course, I found, uh, you know, FDN, the keto stuff. And man, uh, the keto thing's pretty incredible. So let's um maybe because you've answered actually so many of the questions that I would normally go to already <laughs> just through your story. Why keto? Because there's a million things that you've tried. Obviously, none of them worked sufficiently. So we don't actually talk about keto enough on this podcast. I'm not saying it hasn't come up, but it's not actually the main theme always, right? We're talking about the illnesses and the diagnoses and the supplements and the many different things that could work. So why keto for you? Like, why do you think that worked for you? Why are you so passionate about it to start or do these events where we're talking to other people? Like what, what makes keto different than the pills, the Atkins, all that other stuff? For me, it was uh, sustainability. Sustainability. So it was something that I didn't that I didn't feel like I had to stop doing. Like it wasn't, and that could that could be because it was a good fit for me, or it was a good time in my life. You know, I was ready to accept that. Uh, I was mature enough to make the connections on what I put in my mouth and how I felt. So that was a key factor. I was also at a point in my life where I was willing, I wanted to feel better so badly that I, once I did, I wanted to hold on to that. And why the ketogenic diet? Um, for a lot of reasons. One, because it's very flexible. So I think that there's a lot of misconception outside of the keto sphere uh, about what the diet really is. And so I think that people think that um, you eat a lot of, salami and bacon and uh, a lot of meat and don't eat any vegetables and uh, have to eat, you know, huge gobs of butter. And that's not true. So the ketogenic diet for, uh, for like a nutritional protocol or a therapeutic protocol is totally different. So for therapeutics, you do have a higher amount of fat and a moderate amount of protein. 
and a very low amount of carbs. But for the majority of the people who are using this protocol just to level up their health or upgrade their health, they don't need to go to those extremes or at least not long term. And so if you're living in a state of going in and out of ketosis, you're burning your body's natural, you're burning your stored fat as energy and your hormonal regulation uh, is improved. So, and for me, that was, I think the key factor that just that I didn't have those highs and lows and I saw an improvement in my mental health and I went through the extreme because I went through menopause on, on uh, a ketogenic diet and I actually didn't go through menopause until like five years later than most women my age. So I think that that is, I think that that points to improved metabolic and hormonal health for me personally. And the other thing is, um, you didn't ask me this question, but just along the health perspective, the majority of the women in my family have had some of their body parts removed um, either because of hormonal dysregulation or diet uh, and the inability to process fats properly. I'm the only woman in my family with a uterus. I'm the only woman in my family with a gallbladder. I mean, I, I, I feel like that is a testament to my improved health in comparison to my gene pool. So lifestyle definitely has been proven to me to be a really critical component. And why I keep doing this is I just feel like there's so many people who can be positively impacted if they understand how to address hormonal dysregulation. And that's a big pool of topics to, to cover. But uh, living this lifestyle has given me uh, a second, I don't want to say lease on life, but it's given me an opportunity to live life differently than I think I would have if I didn't find this. Wow. Okay. And I, I mean, I think many people that listen to this show probably get what you mean, especially those of us that have been sick for so damn long, because it, it is tough, guys. It's not, I'm not trying to be dramatic. It's not like I had cancer, but when you have experiences like this and your whole life is just met with symptoms, I mean, you are taken away from certain opportunities that like, it's not that I even wanted to do this, but there's people that go to college. I mean, they're drinking, you know, four or five nights a week, partying, staying up late, then going and working the next day. That's just not a reality. I, I couldn't even have done that kind of lifestyle even if I wanted to. You know what I mean? You don't aren't able to participate in normal things as a kid sometime, depending on how bad it is. So, yeah, I think it absolutely gives you, uh, you know, a second lease on life. For me, yeah, I just describe it as like a new life. It's just living. It's actually living. I love that I can even travel. It's not that traveling isn't tiring and exhausting in its own right. That's why tire or travel can be impossible for certain people that are really ill, but to be able to go do these things now, like the conferences in Austin where we met and then KetoCon, and then, uh, you know, two nights ago, I'm like driving five hours to get to a speech and then sleeping overnight. I just physically could not do that at one point in my life. So it almost feels like you're aging in reverse <laughs> to a certain right. degree. Now, unfortunately, from my understanding, that will cap out at a certain point. Uh, but right <laughs> now, uh, still to this day, it feels like I'm just getting better and better, stronger and stronger, more and more endurance, better mental clarity. It's a pretty powerful thing. So I can totally understand why you'd want to share that with other people. And just to be clear about something, because of course, in pop culture, we're going to call it the ketogenic diet. I use that phrase myself. But I think one thing people need to understand is that ketosis in and of itself is not a diet. It's right. a metabolic state. Um, right. And that's what people are really missing out on. So uh, would you mind, I, because I still find even in the functional space, people really don't get this. Could you explain like what ketosis actually is when it's done and measured properly and why it's not just a diet? Sure. So like you said, ketosis is a metabolic state. And what that means is that Babies are born in ketosis. So the ketosis means that you are burning fat for fuel. And when you burn fat for fuel, um, you have better mental clarity, you have uh, stabilized mood, you have more energy. It's kind of that feeling when you're, have you ever, I know you have. So if for everyone listening, if you've ever, if you've ever heard the term, like you're in flow, where you just, you almost have invisible blinders on. You're so focused on what you're doing that time kind of loses its impact. You, uh, you don't feel like the passage of time. You're just in the zone. You're in the flow. That's what being in ketosis feels like. 
And when you live like that, you kind of, depending on your intake of food <laughs> or dietary intake, you kind of flow in and out of that stage, in and out of that um I just lost the word. <laughs> the state, the state, yeah. The state, state, thank you. Yeah. You just kind of flow in and out of that state. And so when you're burning either exogenous um, energy that you take in or stored energy, it really doesn't matter because you still have that same mental clarity and that same amount of energy. It's kind of, I think your listeners will understand this even more. When you are uh, intermittent fasting and you find that you you find that space where you feel the ketones kick in because you've got that clarity when you're fasting. That's the same feeling. You can find you don't have to uh, fast for the for that uh, impact. You can you can experience that in a, on a ketogenic diet as well. Some people. Uh, utilize both, myself being one of them. I think that's a perfect way to describe it. That was actually a really good comparison about the intermittent fasting because I would have to imagine that literally every single person that's listening to this, if not 98% plus, have at least tried the intermittent fasting for some point. And most of us, you really don't have to stick with the IF for that long. If you just stick with it for even a week, you probably will have that experience, unless you're maybe I mean, severe diabetic, that would have that experience of, whoa, I feel really good. And it might not last. That's the problem. It might like tinker and like you're like, as soon as you eat, it went away or something like that. You're like, damn right. it, I lost that. But there's so many people that end up, they can stay in the fast even longer because they're like, this is amazing. I feel really good. And I, something just came up on my Facebook. I tried intermittent fasting for the first time almost six years ago to the day. And I was doing like these Facebook posts where I had my glucometer and I'm showing people my blood sugar levels. <laughs> I could eat like incredible amount of carbs. And I was young, super active, lean guy, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it, added on top of this, I was eating like 100 grams of carbs in a sitting. And an hour later, my blood sugar was still under 105. I mean, it was unbelievable wow. what I was able to do at that time off a 16-8 fast. And I'm still, I think that the testament to this kind of lifestyle and what we're talking about here, because yes, I've added keto in uh, over those years. I was eating a high amount of carbs at the time. And then about two years into that, maybe like three or four years ago, I started experimenting with extended fast, keto diet, all that kind of stuff, low carb. And like now, it's still something that I apply in my life. And this is one of the things I hear often, Robin, I'm sure in your space as well. People do this long term. And that is not the case for most diets or, you know, little get fit quick type of things. Right. They don't stick with it. But this is sustainable. For me, true story, by coincidence right now while we're interviewing, I have not, it's 10 and 32 a.m. where I'm at. I have not eaten since... Uh, six o'clock yesterday and the only 6 p.m. And the only time that I ate yesterday was from 5 p.m. until 6 p.m. And I did two presentations. I drove five, six hours at the same time. All this other stuff was going on. And I basically had one giant meal that lasted me like 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> you know, I still need my calories, but it was one meal for the day. I feel totally fine. I haven't eaten yet this morning and I will not eat until after I'm done the gym today. Now, I'm not recommending that to people on their first time. Give it some time right. for your body to adapt. But I can do this with level energy. Robin can do this with level energy because it's a metabolic state. Correct. It's not just the diet. And that's what um, I would love to know what your thoughts are on this. I mean, if you do believe like some people should just be doing it more often or not, because when someone tells me and I mean this respectfully to anyone who's said this, when someone tells me, well, oh, keto, uh, like keto just didn't work for me. You are suggesting that a very natural metabolic state does not work for you, one that you would have been more or less forced into if you had famine for even 48 hours at any point during normal history, which I think would have happened to all of us, no matter where we're from, we would have had times of not eating. So I just don't really buy that. So what's your philosophy <laughs> on that when like someone says, well, keto didn't work for me? Are you under the impression that some people should be in this like most of the time versus some every now and then? Because I, I think everyone should have the ability to get in, that's for sure. I, I agree. Uh uh, the answer to that, for anytime anyone has ever said to me, you know, that, that doesn't work for me. My question, I'd want to understand more about how they were utilizing it, what they were actually doing. Because, and it also depends on what state you're in when you find, when you get started. So if you're going from the standard American diet where you're living on McDonald's and 
uh, pre-made food from Costco and you try going to keto, clean keto, then uh, you're going to have some struggles and you're going to feel like crap for a while. The other factor is there, I mean, there are some people that come to this space for weight loss. They're younger, they're, they have less healing to do and they can do keto in a very loose, in very loose terms uh, with a lot of packaged food and still lose weight and still improve their health. But for someone who has spent a long time in a damaged metabolic state, uh, real food is 100% necessary. And those bars, shakes, and whatever other products that have questionable ingredients in them are not going to get you where you want to go. And so I would ask that person exactly what they were really taking in. Because honestly, I, I don't think that there are is anyone that wouldn't benefit from improving their metabolic health. And that doesn't mean that you only eat meat, fat, and vegetables for the rest of your life. I mean, there are many people who can re can reintroduce higher amounts of carbs once their metabolic flexibility is strengthened. But for someone who has lived in a, an ill state for most of their life, it's going to take it's going to take a stricter approach for you to improve your health. And so if you're someone that uh, has tried this and can't find a way to make it work, the way to determine how to make it work is to look at what you're doing and to I mean there's so many different components. It's such a hard question to answer. I'm thinking about the people who snack all day. I'm thinking about the people who eat lots of bars and, and processed food that have questionable ingredients in them. I'm thinking about people that try fasting after, you know, being on a high carb protocol. So there's just, it really depends on where you're starting, what you're doing when you're trying it and what your goal is to determine how to go about incorporating this lifestyle to improve your health. And that takes some fine tuning. Well, I think, I mean, there are many ways to answer it. And that's kind of my point, right? Is there are so many factors, guys, that I think it's kind of, it's throwing in the towel to just say, hey, this didn't work. And there's also a couple things that need to be like considered. And I'll, I'll add these in. One, just the basic one. Are you measured with blood in ketosis when you're telling me that the keto diet did not work for you. That is the first and most obvious thing because the breath tests, yes, they're okay. The urine tests are highly misleading. All that that means is that you're pissing out ketones. That's literally all it means. Right. Um, in fact, what you might find is if you can get into it, like Robin and I obviously can, you, unless you're like on a three-day fast, if you're just having a normal keto day, you're urine ketones might not even be that high if if noticeable at all. And that is because your body's actually using, using them. it. It's not just excreting it in the urine. Now, yes, when I've done 48 and 72 hour water fasts, absolutely, my, my urine's still very high in ketones and the blood. But we gotta, the best way to track this is to buy like a keto meter. We're not affiliated with any specific thing, right? Uh, keto Mojo is good. It does both the uh, glucose and ketones, which I love. I love being able to put that back and forth. You prick your finger just like a diabetic does, and you're able to see, are you in it? So that's number one. But then also number two, in addition to the million things Robin listed off that need <laughs> to be considered, when you are in ketosis, you are actually going to have a detoxifying effect. That's how amazing this diet, quote unquote, <laughs> for those on audio, I put in air quotes, um, actually is. Our toxic load is stored in our fat cells primarily. That's why some people, they actually have a genetic advantage that they can get so large uh, so easily, but it's to their detriment in today's world where everything's toxic and the rainwater has damn glyphosate in it. You know what I mean? Right. So that's not to their advantage at that time. But when you start using that fat for fuel, if those toxins, they'll, they'll stay in there indefinitely. Most of them will stay in there indefinitely until they have a reason to leave. You might also feel like crap because it's working. So give it some time. Learn from someone that actually knows what they're doing. Come to KetoCon. I'm sure you're going to have some of the best uh, people <laughs> there speaking and stuff. And I think at this point, that's actually um, what I'd like to transition to because sure. I know um, we've talked about KetoCon a few times already, but let's get into the details. Like when is this? When can people purchase tickets? Um, and then we'll even talk about like what can they expect there from this type of event? What kind of vendors and stuff? 
Okay, so uh, KetoCon is July 8th, 9th, and 10th in Austin, Texas at the Palmer Event Center. And uh, this is, like I said, year four for us, our fourth live event. And it is three days of literally nonstop activity. So we start the event early on Friday morning. And over the course of the three days, I counted yesterday, we have right now 72 speakers. Uh, and that happens, those speakers um, are speaking on one of three and a half stages. So we run a keynote stage on the first floor of the venue. We run two breakout rooms on the second floor of the venue and a VIP breakout room for the VIP ticket holders also on the second floor of the venue. Uh, they, the, the specialties on the, with this group of people range, it's so varied that I don't even know where, I wouldn't even know how to start to tell you. So if, if you'd like to see who's speaking, go to ketocon.org and click on speakers because you'll be able to see who, who they all are. But uh, medical professionals, uh, fitness experts, uh, bloggers, technology experts, I mean, the, the what, like I said, the range is so varied. I don't, it's so wide. I don't even, I, I can't, I can't even, <laughs> I'm stumbling on my words because I don't know where to start. Reed will be speaking, which we're super honored and excited to have him with us. Uh, that's going to be a tremendous experience for us and for the attendees. So what to expect over the course of the event? There'll be all of those stages running from beginning to end each day. There will be a uh, networking lounge where we're going to be doing special like meet and greet sessions with celebrities in this space. There'll be a demo area where we'll be doing cooking demos. Uh, Bill Schindler, who is uh, from Eat Like a Human, the founder of Eat Like a Human, he'll be doing a Stone Age tool demonstration. We're super excited about that, having him join us too. And uh, panels, we do, we're doing four panels this year. So on Friday, we're doing a medical panel where there'll be uh, seven medical professionals who will share their experience and their background with this lifestyle, how they work with their patients. And then we open it up to audience questions. Then on Saturday, we do the same thing with a fitness panel, with fitness experts. On Sunday, we're doing a, uh, success stories panel, which is six panelists who come from all walks of life who have utilized this lifestyle and this nutritional protocol to improve their health. They will share their stories, how they've utilized the programs, uh, what they're doing with it in their lives today. And then again, open it up for audience questions. And then new to KetoCon this year is uh, we're doing a carnivore panel which is medical professionals and also people who have utilized the carnivore protocol as a way to address their health issues. And this is much more of an elimination protocol than keto, uh, but also falls as a subcategory to the ketogenic diet, because when you're doing this type of a protocol, again, your goal is to be in your body's natural state of ketosis, but also through eliminating things that irritate your system, uh, imp additional improved health. So four stages, four panels, three days, 70 some odd speakers, 125, I think we're at right now, vendors. And these also are very, uh, quite varied. So if you look at the showcase on our website, you'll see all of the companies that are attending. So these are uh, I would say probably 75% of them are food product manufacturers, but they all go through a vetting process through KetoCon. So we're pretty selective on what we allow in uh, as far as ingredients go. So it's this is not an event where if you see it's keto that every company that says it's keto is uh, there. They're not. Uh, we've had to turn away a lot of companies. We've had we've actually worked with several companies to help them understand the problematic ingredients that they have in their products and what they would need to do to be able to participate. Um, I consider that a huge honor. I mean, it's really hard to turn away the money, but um, I, I don't feel like we're going to make a difference unless we have strict 
rules. So that's what we do. Uh, then there's technology companies, there's educational programs, there's fitness, there's uh, biohacking, there's skincare, there's uh, pretty much anything you can think of is being represented at, at this event. So, and then there's the cooking demos. So Maria Emmerich will be there doing a cooking demo. Um, Anna Vicino will be there doing a cooking demo. And several other people will be there doing cooking demos. We have uh, Max Menzner, who is a type 1 diabetic, who will be doing a cooking demo uh, during the show. We also even have a food photography masterclass taking place during the event and an entrepreneur mastermind session, which happens very early on Saturday morning, uh, where we bring in um, successful brands uh, that have embarked in this space and are quite successful now where they're going to share what they did to get there, their approach to their business, and then open it up to people who are in the entrepreneurial space who are looking to get in or are in and are, and you know, want have questions they need the guidance. <clears throat> we'll open it up for questions for that audience as well. So uh, a little overwhelming, I'm sure I apologize, but the schedule is also on our on our website, and anyone who's planning to attend, I highly recommend going to the website and looking at the schedule and planning out your experience before you get there because there will be a lot going on. It'll be really hard to do it while you're there. But just in case, if you don't, there will be a KetoCon app running during the show, and you'll be able to see on the app everything that's happening that's on the schedule on our website, who all the vendors are, where they are. Uh, and we'll also be doing like push notifications to remind people that when something's happening in the demo booth or in the networking lounge. So all of that will be happening at the same time. Tickets are, wow. uh, <laughs> uh, tickets are already for sale. They have been for a while now. Um, we, our VIP tickets are sold out, but we do still have three day tickets and one day tickets. The three day tickets are still on early bird pricing. And um, several, I know that uh, FDN has a discount code that they can share with your listeners uh, that will give them an additional discount off of the three-day ticket. We also have one-day tickets available uh, for Saturday or for Sunday, I mean, for Friday or for Saturday. And then on Sunday, if people only want to come to see the expo hall, there's an even more discounted ticket for Sunday only. So lots of options. Uh, we also have discounted hotels listed on our website where properties have agreed to give KetoCon attendees a discount on their rates and they're very affordable. So uh, we're just trying to make it as accessible to as many people as possible because we want to educate as many people as possible. I personally know that for every one person that comes to KetoCon, at least 10 people will learn more about this way of life from those people that attended. So the more people that I can get there, the more of an impact I know I can have. I absolutely believe that, you know, I think that's how these conferences work. Everyone leaves so inspired and then you end up talking to everyone and their brother about whatever you learned or experienced. It's amazing. Now, I obviously am not here to share someone's business, but it's a compliment. So I, I think it's okay to share this. For those that have been a little upset by the smaller conferences, because I've been to many in the last uh, year and a half, um, Robin's killing it. And there are already at the time of recording this, a few thousand people that are involved in this kind of thing. And again, we still have two months of ticket sales, basically, uh, to get this worked out. So more like, uh, more this like is six weeks. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, guys, this is an, an actual event. If you've missed these things like I have, definitely, uh, I think this is a place to be. So I'm excited. 70 something speakers. That's Nuts and the vendors, the amount of vendors. This is really good for me too, considering I'm going to be working the FDN booth a lot. Now I don't have to leave the place or get like an Instacart with some specialty order. I'm just going to be able to go into the vendor booths and eat my <laughs> meal. For it. That is my type of conference, you know, because normally the conference foods are, are not good unless you go to something like KetoCon. That's amazing. Um, cool. Well, we ended up filling up a lot of our time. I'm so glad that we had so much to talk about. Again, guys, that's ketocon.org. You can check out the stuff there, get tickets, all that stuff. Um, I will, well, 
if you're listening to this, I would have already mentioned a code for FDN, I suppose, and I'll also put it in at the end where you can check that out. But I also want to finish with our signature question that we always ask our guests, Robin. And I feel like I know where this might go, but I've had things <laughs> completely throw me off in the past. So um, I could be wrong here. The signature question that I'd like to finish up with is if I could give Robin a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or stop doing one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? Oh, boy. Uh, stop eating sugar. That would be the one thing. Maybe the second thing would be wear a continuous glucose monitor for 30 days so you really understand what you're doing to your health every time you put something in your mouth. Man, I got to get myself one of those CGMs. I think that would be so cool. And I've been pushing it off for a while, so maybe I'll finally pull the trigger on that. I will let you guys know how that goes, of course, if and when I do. But believe it or not, even though I'm a leaner guy, and I have said in the podcast before I always have been, I actually had really bad blood sugar issues to the point where it's a separate story for a separate time. But I basically had a doctor that was running blood tests unrelated to this, and they assumed I had diabetes and needed insulin based on some of the numbers that had come back at 18 years old, even though at the time, no one had labeled me as being diabetic or even pre-diabetic. Kind of scary stuff. So I think it would be really beneficial to so many of us out there to be able to monitor our blood sugar and see how different things affect us. On a side note, I know this is irrelevant to the podcast today, but most people don't realize that artificial light actually has an effect on our blood sugar. And you guys know I'm a huge light nerd. So that's something to keep in mind. I'd be curious to see what happens to someone's blood sugar when they work in the office all day, eating the exact same things as they normally do, versus when they get to be outside most of the day or driving around with the windows down because it's summertime and it's beautiful. I'd be very curious to see the differences there. Anyway, I am looking forward to seeing you guys at KetoCon. Remember, that's July 8th, 9th, and 10th. And yes, FDN will be there. If you're someone that maybe isn't in the course yet and you're considering it, this is a great time. We always offer really cool discounts at these events. Uh, there's opportunities to win other prizes. And you get to meet actual FDNs in person. I don't know of a better way than to figure out if this is for you or not than to actually meet the founder and people like myself in person. I think that's a pretty direct way to do it. And if nothing else, man, there's 124 other vendors, so you got to find something that you like there. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of the Health Detective Podcast. If you enjoyed what we are sharing, I always ask it would really help if you could leave a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. If you did that, we would love you even more than we already do. I am looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, but until then, take care.